Hello everyone, welcome to Jay-Z and the Amazing Technicolor Podcast. As always, I'm your host Jeremy Zerby, and this is episode 20. Before we dive in, I've got some big news for you. Today marks the launch of my Patreon. $3 a month will give you access to an exclusive patrons-only community, you'll get a shout-out in the intro, and I'll be dropping exclusive bonus content. First bonus episode drops when we reach 10 patrons. I've linked to the Patreon page in the episode description. The next big thing is this. In the past couple of weeks, I've been devoting a lot of time to writing content for the blog, and that seems to have really taken off, which I'm really excited about. And that is another way for you to support my work. I've included a sign-up link to Medium. That's $5 a month, and for everyone who signs up through my link, I get about half your subscription price directly. Plus, you get access to every single members-only story on the site. So now there are even more ways for you to support my work and keep this thing going. Thank you to each and every one of you for your continued support. And now, on with the show. This week over at the blog, I did a piece on the way the Easter story in the Christian tradition has been an abject failure. The story, the Easter story, was supposed to give hope to a damaged and oppressed people. And in, in some ways, maybe it has. But the one thing that it hasn't done, but that it was intended to do, was change people for the better. Christians have become the sponsors of some pretty terrible things. I didn't really elaborate on it there. But I eventually made the statement that the emphasis on the death of Jesus often leads to violent ends. I want to talk about that here. I'm not going to go into all the history showing how Christians have been horrible, murderous people. We all know those stories. But but let's talk about the here and now. You see... What happens when you focus on the cross as the central theme of the Christian story is that you run the risk of of feeling like someone made it happen. Jesus didn't die for nothing, after all. His death on the cross is supposed to symbolize the sin of humanity being paid for. Jesus is acting as a sort of scapegoat for the wrath of God. Why would God be mad, save for the fact that someone made them mad? In situations like this, we tend to look outside ourselves for someone to blame, whoever they happen to be at the time being. The abortionists, or the gays, or the trans people, or the liberals, or the communists. There's always someone else for you to blame, goes the line from Chumbawamba. Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross if not for that drag queen's sins. And in our anger, we seek revenge on them for making Jesus die. We might not even realize we are doing it, or at least many of us don't realize it. Which is funny because we use the culture war language that flat out blames someone else for why our culture is going down the shitter. If they hadn't taken prayer out of schools if they hadn't removed the Ten Commandments, if they hadn't made abortion illegal, things would be different if they had just bowed to our Lord and our values. So 
Christians want revenge on the sinners who are killing Jesus. So they target the sinners with legislation to eradicate them. And they target the sinners with personal attacks and hatred. It, it's a twisted irony that the very people Christians despise are the same people Jesus made time for. The very people whose sins Jesus supposedly died to pay for. And Christians are instrumental in pushing them away. When I was growing up, DC Talk was a big deal. And, and on one of their albums, in the space between a couple of songs, is this little sermon about this very thing. Keep in mind, this was 1995. We listened to the hell out of that CD, but I don't think a lot of us really listened. But the sermon says, quote, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. End quote. Christians are instrumental in the failure of their own message. This is what focusing on the death of Jesus does. This is what focusing on the death of anyone does. It makes us angry and bitter and leads us to seek revenge. And that is the exact opposite of the message Jesus was trying to get across to those who claim to follow him. There's this story about Jesus' arrest that has, has stuck with me since the first time I heard it. It has kind of become a pillar, a central pillar to my understanding of Jesus. The guards come to arrest him, and Peter gets riled up and grabs his sword and lunges at the guard, and in the fight, he cuts the guy's ear right off. Jesus stops the fight. He leans down, and he picks the guard's ear up, and he puts it right back on. Then he looks over at Peter, and he tells him to put his sword away. Because this is all how it is supposed to happen. And even though Peter is defending Jesus, he's actually standing in the way of the will of God. Maybe the Christian emphasis on the cross is standing in the way of the message that God actually wants to share. The Christian story of Easter doesn't end with Jesus dying. He actually comes back from the dead, and that is what is supposed to make the story work. That is the part that Jesus tells the ladies who found him alive and everyone else who Jesus shows himself to before his ascension. He urges everyone to tell people that he is alive and that they can be alive again too because resurrection is for everyone. We go through many, many deaths in our time here on earth. We change constantly. The person you are today is not going to be the same person you are five years from now. The old you will die somehow, and the new you will emerge. The trans community is onto something profound 
when they seek to identify as someone different than who they were born as. They look at who they are, and they say that it doesn't fit who they really are. And that's not an easy thing to admit. Those of us who are not trans may have a hard time understanding that dilemma. So imagine being married to someone and waking up one day and they're just different. Something has changed or something has been revealed to you about them that just leaves you saying, this is not where I'm supposed to be or this is not the person I married. Maybe it doesn't lead to the end of the marriage, but it definitely doesn't lead to things staying the same. Something changes. What once was, is no more. And that's what it is to live in resurrection. Acknowledging that things have changed and then being bold enough to live into that change. You come out on the other side better and stronger and more true to who you really are. And this kind of change is offered to everyone. Resurrection is for everyone, and not just those who claim to know Jesus already. Jesus uses the shepherd analogy a lot, and at one point, in speaking to some of his Jewish followers, he says that he has sheep that belong to him outside of, of the current fold, so he's going to make the fold bigger and bring them in too. We are supposed to be seeking to make things bigger and more expansive, not more narrow and exclusive. And this is a message that we can share even if we're not talking about Jesus. We should be seeking to make the world more inclusive, not less. Instead of pushing people away, we should be seeking to embrace. Because resurrection is for everyone.